0: everybody. Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. i
1: We're the Skit Guys with a very special Christmas message for you. For centuries, Christmas was celebrated not as a single day, but as a whole season beginning on December 24th, Christmas Eve. I mean, it was a day celebrated with feasting and dancing and storytelling and, of course, candles lit to reflect the coming of the birth of Christ. Mm. However, lighting that Christmas Eve candle can be a real booger. Now we don't say boogers in church. No, you just did. I know I repeated you, I was just saying everybody knows how to light a Christmas Eve candle. Well, not if they're like me. But that's not a problem anymore, because with another candle, and Santa's little helper, it's no problem. Therefore,
0: because of science, the candle will light. No.
1: Okay, this
2: one's ground? No, this one's ground. No. No, it doesn't matter. Let's do it. Look, we need a flame, and it's called a flame thrower. No. Have you ever lit a match before? No. I'm sorry. I live in a house. We have this thing called electricity. We no longer chase ogres with torches. Be
0: still. Be still.
2: I feel really bad. I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, it is the season of forgiveness.
1: I mean, it is Christmas!
2: Using the lit candle,
1: slowly unite the wicks until the flame transfers. Thank you, Jacob Marley. And that... Is how you lied, a Christmas candle. <laughs> Merry Christmas, from our house to yours. You need to stop dropping roll. You need to
3: quit
2: telling me what to do.
1: You need to stop dropping roll. You need to quit being a Christmas killjoy, is what you knew.
4: What? No!
2: No! Good evening. Hi there. Y'all ready for this? Glad to see everybody. All right. Well, everybody have a candle? That's the first thing. If you don't have a candle, raise your hand. Okay. Everybody passed the test. You have a candle. That's good. That's the first thing you needed to do. So yeah, so light the candles, you saw the you saw how it is, put the unlit candle this way, because if you put the lit candle this way, bad things will happen. All right, stick around after the service, we have lots of snacks that have come in, we're going to have fellowship snacks afterwards, and um, by snacks, we take the snacks word pretty seriously around here, if you're not familiar, so there's going to be some good stuff to eat. So stick around after that. Okay, so we're going to light the rest of the advent candles. So there's we've lit 4 of them and tonight we light the Christ candle. So you all who agreed to come up and light candles, would you come on up? This is some pieces of the Bennett clan. Okay, so we're going to start with this one and work our way around, and then the Christ one will be last. So here, I'll hold on a second, like this. Yeah, we have a fancy thing here. Okay. Okay. Well, you guys like that. I'm going to read John one. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So later we're going to light our candles, and we're going to light them from this Christ candle here in the center that's a representation of how we take the light and the life that Christ gives us and how we share it with the world around us. But it's not our own light. It's not our own love that we're sharing. We can only do that as we stay connected with Christ. And as a representation of that and to help us remember that, this Christ candle is going to stay lit all year round. Every Sunday we're going to relight this same candle and uh, every Sunday morning until it's replaced next Advent season. So that's the meaning of the Christ candle. Let's pray. Thank you all for helping to light the candle, by the way. Father God, thank you for sending your Son, your only begotten Son, to this world to show us the light, Not just to show us how to live, although that was important, but also to die for us, that we can follow him to become a child of God, to become a son and a daughter of God. And Father, I just pray that this Christmas we would understand what that means. We would be truly reborn and become your children. And Father, I just thank you for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. And I thank you that we have seen your glory through your one and only Son. And I just pray that we would take his light with us the rest of this year and stay connected to him and show that to the rest of the world around us and help those around us also become your children. I pray for the service tonight. Thank you for the message that we're going to hear. Thank you for having family gathered with us, the family that we've been born into, the family that you've gathered here at Grace Bible Church, and the family that you've brought us into, the cosmic family, your family. And I just thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: days were accomplished that she should be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven the shepherd said one to another let us now go even unto Bethlehem And see this thing, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. There came wise men from the east, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. fell down and worshipped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. We'll be right back.
5: we do i
4: is love and his gospel is peace
1: We are in the middle of this mysteries of the Messiah, discovering all sorts of things about him, and we are going to look at more this evening, Christmas Eve, which marks a huge turn in the history of the universe, and we get to be a part of that by celebrating him here tonight. So I'm glad you're here. We get to do this. Mysteries of the Manger. There are things that happened on the night Jesus was born that have repercussions. And they, they are indications of the power of God, the things that he intended to bring to this world to change people's lives, to make a difference for all of humanity. But not only humanity, but the divine beings that surround us in the heavenly. So the unseen world around us, there are angels there are rebellious angels, so we got both sides, the darkness and light, and they are at each other's throat. So we've got that going on, and Jesus enters into this in order to change things. He, he is moving in the direction of bringing people into a right relationship with the living God. So he is really aggravating the enemies of God who don't want that to happen, and it is creating such a an excitement among God's angels who are excited about this possibility because they want to see humanity brought into this right relationship. They've been excited since creation. They were cheering God on as he was creating things, and he's putting the galaxies into place, and he made the earth. And in Job, it tells us they were singing as all of that's going on. They were so excited about this possibility. And then there were some others. And the others are a problem. So, this night is a, is a battle cry. This is a time when uh, it's not the, oh, peaceful night, isn't this wonderful and cute. This is the battle. And it is on. And it is coming to a head with Jesus appearing, Jesus showing up. But I want to introduce you to him before he came, before he showed up in Bethlehem. So we're going to look back to another time in a earlier days when the people of Israel were called by God to have a relationship with him and to be a unique nation among all the other nations of the of the world. And he was going to show himself to them, in them, and through them so that the rest of the world knew he was for real and that they could come to him, that there was a way of coming into this right relationship, which the other beings had blocked and created problems so this is the way that people could come back israel has been in egypt at this point they're down there 400 years they came out they they spent 40 years wandering around in the desert and then they are to enter into the land of promise this place that god had told them to go long ago but there were some struggles but they've come to this place they're crossing the jordan river there's a there's a and entering to the land near Jericho. And Moses, who has been their leader, has passed away, so he's no longer there. That leadership was passed to Joshua. Joshua is now going to take leadership and take them into the land. So this is a big thing because they've got to defeat the enemies of God, and they are demonstrating the power of God on earth in material ways, but it's a spiritual battle that is rocking uh, the the unseen world around them. So this is from Joshua chapter five, the commander of the Lord's army, and this is uh, a powerful moment here. This is uh, Joshua is going to scout, and he goes to Jericho. He looks across the horizon. He sees this thing. It's over there, and it's a it's a city. It's going to be challenging to take with his pretty much untrained army, and he's. Looking at this wondering what what are we going to do? He's trusting God, but he's still he's out there looking and he runs into this other man And he asks him are you on our side or their side and the respondent says neither Okay Now we've, we've got something going on here Here he is Joshua chapter 5 Neither one he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I'm at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. Wow, who did he just run into? Who was that? The commander of the Lord's army. So here's a spiritual being who looks like a man, but he's standing there in his presence. He recognizes that somehow he's a warrior. He picks that up when he meets him. And he is responding to him. He knows his voice, by the way. When you read back in Exodus, you discover that Joshua was often trailing Moses. And when he would go to the tent of meeting where God would speak to Moses face to face, Joshua was at the gate, or at the door of the tent. And he's just listening. Knows his voice. He he doesn't get to be in there, so he doesn't know. what, What does that look like in there? But he hears him. And then this guy says, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. Then he tells him to take off his shoes. Isn't that what Moses was told to do? burning bush okay this is him he does it now he's listening because now he's in the presence of the commander of the host of the armies of god the myriad and myriad the millions and millions of angels of god one angel's power would blow our minds there are millions and millions and he's the commander he's the one who calls the shots he's the one who says this is our objective this is what we're going to do and the, this is holy ground this is set aside for the God, for God's purposes for his for what he wants to accomplish joshua was taken in that i want you to think about a spiritual realm that exists in and around the physical realm, this is all unfolding at the time Jesus is born. Leading up to his birth, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, comes and meets with Zacharias, who's a priest, meets him in the temple, and he gives him instructions. He's be the forerunner, and he's going to announce that the Messiah has come, his ministry, when the time comes there's gabriel so we've got a supernatural event that takes place there and then this birth that is remarkable because they were both past the age of having children they'd never had children and now they have a child so miracles are happening the unknown is happening angels are showing up communications are happening Gabriel comes and speaks to Mary. She's not had a child. She's not married yet. She's betrothed, and all of a sudden she's going to have a child because the Holy Spirit has come on her. Joseph is thinking, I need to get out of this thing because this is going to be a bad relationship, and how am I going to explain it? And the Holy Spirit or the angel tells him, The Holy Spirit has come on Mary. This is a good deal. Don't leave. So he doesn't. Supernatural communication happening at every level. God's plan was not expected by human or divine beings. They didn't know this was going to be how this would play out. They didn't know how the elements would come together. The commander of the Lord's army is going to arrive in Bethlehem. So, the armies of heaven celebrated their commander's birth. in Luke... Chapter 2, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Wow. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem, let's go see this thing that the Lord has told us about. Now, they assumed that the Lord had sent the angels, this thing that the Lord told us about. The angels returned to heaven, the unseen realm out there, the one that is in eternity, the one that this universe sits inside of. This is just a little pocket within the larger scope of all that's out there. And the angels return, and they've returned to God, but they've also returned to the second heaven, which is the place where the other beings are situated they don't want to see the commander of the lord's army take over they don't want to see any of this succeed they are not pleased but god's angels and as you saw angels the army of angels the armies of heaven who are praising god who are standing guard it is amazing so they return to heaven to do what? They're battling the other beings who would like to destroy the commander of the Lord's army, Jesus, and those who have anything to do with him. But they're standing guard. They are defending. So they're in heaven taking care of those things. But we'll back up to Daniel 10. Battles in heaven. These are things that that have occurred in the past leading up to this time, but they give us an idea of the kind of things that go on. So in Daniel 10, uh, Daniel, he is a government official in Babylon, but he's also a prophet of God. So he is out on uh, a retreat. He's praying. He's praying, you know, God, what's going on? Where are we headed? He wants people. He's, He's from Israel. He wants to return. He wants his people to return. It's just his concern for them. And they are in captivity so he's praying and he's been out there 21 days while he's out there an angel appears and Daniel's you know surprised sort of because he's had encounters so he's sort of all right but you never quite get used to it he shows up he gives him an explanation he said for 21 days when you started praying God sent me with an answer from from his council room in heaven, he sent me with an answer to respond to you. On my way from the highest heaven through the intermediate heaven where the other beings coexist, he's in a battle. And he's a, in a battle trying to get to Daniel to let him know what's going on. For 21 days, he's fighting. He finally gets there and he gives him the information. You can read that in Daniel 10. But the thing that's unfolding there is he, he tells him Michael, who is the angel responsible, an archangel responsible for the people of Israel, stepped in to help him so he could give the message, get to Daniel and give him the message. So this is 21 days into this thing. And you wonder why your prayers don't come back quickly. Sometimes you're praying and you go, I don't know. I mean, besides the ridiculous prayers, those, those don't get answered anyway because they're just nuts. But... The ones when we are praying, and we're praying what God would have us pray, and you go, why is it taking so long? There's a battle. The battle's going on. The angel finally shows up and tells him. Michael's battling the spirit prince of Persia. The spirit prince of Persia. There are different uh, areas, geographical areas and peoples for which these beings... In in the old days, they had gods, small g gods. That's who we're talking about. So the spirit prince of Persia is who Michael, the angel for Israel, is battling. He's got to fight him. He's got to take him down. But soon, he says, he has to turn and give his attention to the battle with the spirit prince of Greece. And if you know history, you know that's coming relatively quickly. And if you've ever wondered why it is that Iran keeps attacking Israel, like today, or Iran's behind Hamas and Hezbollah, why would that continue all the way to today? Spirit princes, these small g-gods, these unseen rebellious angels who have left their place beside God, are enemies. They are in their place. They don't die. They're not human. They don't die like humans. They haven't moved. The battle's going on. Still going on. When we're told in the scriptures to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, there's a reason the prayers are important. Prayers are important because the battle's going on. The battle continues to go on. Not done yet. That battle was to keep Israel from doing what God said to point to him so that people could be delivered from the darkness and find the light. So the commander of the Lord, Lord's armies is born. The armies show up in celebration, praising God that he is born. Because they know deliverance is on the way for everyone. The possibility is there for everyone. It's amazing what's unfolding. This is what Jesus did. This is battle on earth. So that's battle in heaven's out there in the unseen, but this is the battle on earth from Philippians chapter 2. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. God's way is not our way. He came laid those things aside, those are all his. He is from glory. He has been involved in creating all that exists. And yet, he lays that aside in order to come here, be born in a barn, in order to deliver. And the beings in heaven didn't see it coming. Human beings didn't get it, still don't get it. And he has turned everything upside down. The commander of the Lord's armies was born that night as a human being, a God-man. It's a new day. It opens the door for uh, a new life for all those who believe him, for those who follow him. So born in a barn and laid in a manger, guarded and observed by the armies of angels, armies of angels that are watched and threatened by the evil enemies of God both human and divine those beings who are out there are watching and we've got the armies of angels standing by watching keeping, keeping them at bay while this is happening on earth we've got Herod who wants to kill all the babies to make sure he gets rid of this possible king things are happening on earth things are happening out there He is laid in a stone cave. That's where the, that's kind of barns that they had. He's laid in a stone cave. When he is born, and he's wrapped, and when he's died, he's in a cave, and he's wrapped. Huh. Both ends of that story. Except he didn't stay there he didn't stay there all of this because bethlehem israel is on the end of the roman empire it was a nothing country to them bethlehem was nothing to the people in jerusalem or to king herod some small town nothing all of this small unimportant dismissed by people the commander of the lord's army was born in a cave in a small town. And only the shepherds found out about it. There's some other people who kind of wander along. Maybe some relatives who were, you know, related to Joseph and, and Mary. But this isn't a big crowd. There are no neon lights. There are no rockets red glare. There's nothing going on. You've got angels. But they spoke to the shepherds. They didn't talk to the king. They didn't go to the priest in the temple. They talked to the shepherds. They talked to simple people doing their job who were probably helping to bring the sheep and birth the new lambs who would be part of the sacrificial system in the temple. So the manger where Jesus lay in Bethlehem was well known for that Industry, the place where the sacrifices were born. Let that sink in. From the get-go, small, unimportant, dismissed by people. Then and now, sadly. And yet he turned everything upside down. Never to be the same. Glory to God in the highest. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The change is coming. The change is coming. What he's done, what he's doing, And what he will do. Change is coming. We're going to take a moment and light a candle. We're going to do this so that we can remember that Christ was born the light of the world. He came into this world to give us hope and direction and to save us from our own sin but from the evil that was after us as well. We have enemies who would like to destroy us, who would like to divide us. And they often win because we're not turning to the Savior, the one who can deliver us, because sometimes we think it's small and important and dismiss to mis- dismiss, him. We have an opportunity to remember him. And on this night, it's a great time to do that, to remember all that he's done, what he did he's in coming, coming, what, what he, he did, did to make a difference, to fight for us, to continue to fight for us, and to lead us into life. And so we light the Christ candle. I'm going to come around, and uh, you can light candles off of this. We will fill this room from the Christ candle, the light from the Christ candle.
0: Reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever.